0: I want to read you some verses out of Jeremiah, uh, at least one verse, and talk to you in just a few minutes. Now, I'd like to ask you in the closing days of the school year, uh, don't let the commencement uh, atmosphere divert you from getting the truths that are being dropped here, because these truths that we are dropping here now are supposed to clinch all the truths that we've drilled into you during the school year. Now, remember that. Now, I've been young. I remember when I was a boy in commencement came, it was very hard. The examinations were over and everything. It was very hard to concentrate. But I want you to hold on with a tenacious purpose to get out of these closing days what you need. Now, I want to say this to you young preachers. If you want to get some of the greatest texts that have ever been written in the Bible to fit this day in which you're living, you go through the book of Jeremiah. Almost everything that Jeremiah said against the people of his day that he called God's people, chosen people, almost everything he said against them, you can say against the professed Christian world today. You remember I spoke the other day about that wonderful, awful text in the Bible where he said, my people are a sottish people. He said, they are wise in doing wrong, but don't have any knowledge about how to do right. And he said the reason for it, they didn't really know him. And he said, there's the trouble. I don't think there's a text in the Bible greater than that text. You know, I told you what that sottish meant. It's the only time it's used in the Bible. The only time. And you won't find a way in any concordance except this one place. And then I went and looked up sottish. Now, I didn't know what the word meant. I'm sure I had it when I studied Chaucer and uh, Anglo-Saxon, early English. But I didn't know it. And you know, it's from like the word sodish adjective, sodish, like a sock. Sodish, he's a, a drunken socks, a fellow that's uh, sensibilities are dead. He's foolish, he's silly, he's stagnant, he, he, he's just foolish, he's not normal. Now, uh, I told you that the world has affected this generation of Christians. I said we have a lost generation. Up to World War One, there was great preaching in America. Since World War I, there's been very little great preaching. There is very little great preaching in America. There isn't a Billy Sunday in America. There's some good men in America, good evangelists, but they're not those old dynamic preachers that threw thunderbolts at them. They don't belong to that crowd of fellows that stood back before World War One and preached people under such conviction they had to hold to the bench and felt like they were dropping in their We've lost that. After World War I, we raised a generation that were, had none of that kind of rich. They they didn't have it. The evangelists were swept off their feet and practically swept out of existence. Now, I'll tell you something else. You know, I talked to you the other day. I think it was on Thursday. I spoke to you, Friday it was, on the, uh, he said, my prophets have prophesied false. Now, he said uh, the priests ruled through them. See? And he said the people like and said, what's going to be the end of it? Do you remember that message? I'm reviewing this just a minute, leading up to this morning. Now notice a minute. The prophets were the prophets of the priests. They were not the prophets of God. The priests were uh, represented in divine order. Nothing wrong with them. They were set up, the priesthood, by Almighty God. But the priesthood became self-centered and developed into a boss machine. And they wanted to run things and stay in power. And so when God's prophet had come along, he'd attack them. So they got their own prophets. The false prophets were the prophets of the priests. They were sent out. And they were sent out to sell the machine, the priesthood machine, to the people. And they stayed in power by that kind of thing. And the people liked it because they weren't disturbed. Nobody bothered them. They they'd go on to ease a ten of their way, and the prophets, the false prophets, have all right. But judgment came. That's the end of it. Now, this morning, I want you to notice a very significant verse of Scripture. And I'm just time to mention it. that's about all. All right, here it is. It's the 13th verse of the second chapter of Jeremiah. For my people have committed two evils. Listen, young folks, there are just two evils. Just two evils in the world. The first evil is neglecting God. And the second evil is doing what you shouldn't do when you neglect God. Only two evils. For my people committed two evils. Notice, they have forsaken me. The fountains of living water. What did they do? Just walked out on them. Turned their back on them. And now what else have they done? And they've hewn them out systems. Broken systems that won't hold any water. Now that's the modern world. They walked out on God. This country started with God. They wrote the name of God on everything they sold. They came to American put their knees on this dirt and prayed. Everybody in America wasn't a godly man. There were sinners in those days, but they were not the Jonathan Edwards of those days. This country needs about 50 men like that, man. If this country had 50 Jonathan Edwards, it would take this country by the back of the neck and the seat of the pants and shake this country over hell for six months, something would happen in America. Have a Jonathan Edwards. He believed in an awful and great God. He held up God as a man that was against sin. He showed God angry, angry. God who was stirred with holy indignation. And he showed a sinner fall in the hands of a God like that. Those preachers preached. Whitfield, Wesley to America. Those old-time circuit riders that went through this country. God bless their memory. Peter Cardwright and others. Rode their horses till so they went blind. Preached under brush arms. And God Almighty was made real to this country. From time to time, a revival would come. Folks would forget God, they'd pull the back. For World War I, the revival swept America. And during World War I, this country probably got nearer God than it ever has, maybe for a hundred years. Why, everybody prayed in World War I. meetings. People cried out to God. Revivals were conducted. Billy Sunday's great New York campaign, Chicago campaign. We kept going right through it, and preachers kept calling. Most things were disturbed. Routine was disturbed. Hard to build tabernacles. Hard luck. But people prayed. Army camps were over. I went up and down this country, as other just did, and went to the army camps and preached to them. World War One ended, and we got up off our knees and said, All right, God, we won't need you anymore. We're going to build us another world going to fix a good one this time so there'll never be any more war in it. We are going to do it. Great denominations like the Methodist Church had its Methodist seminary. shall become a liar. Bishop James Cannon, Jr., a man of God, greatly slandered. He didn't agree with me about everything. I'm a premillennialist. He was But he agreed with me about the blood of Jesus Christ. He got his theology in Princeton in those early days. Bishop Cannon, up there chairman of the Committee on Evangelism at uh, Methodist Centenary, said, Gentlemen, he said, I'm chairman of the Commission on Evangelism. We haven't any revival set up here during this Methodist Centenary. He said, the Methodist Church is born a revival. He called me over a long-distance phone and said, Will you come up here and preach for 15 days under a big tent, at the Methodist Center? there? He said, I'm chairman of the Committee on Evangelism, I've got a right to act. And in spite of the modernists, he acted. I went. We had 2,000 Methodist preachers a night. Modernism hadn't taken over in that little I'm not just talking about Methodists, I'm talking about all of us. I'm not naming denominations. Some things spread a little more rapidly in some denominations because uh, they're more connected. But they're all facing more or less the same problems. Going to build a new world. Great Baptist drive. Baptist 75 million. Brother, you know, we all struggle. We said, look at us, look at us, look at us, look at us.
1: Let's educate everybody
0: and do wonderful things and build a great new world. President Wilson went overseas. Good man. I think he's a born again. Sat down to table, a peace table. Claim soul, sat up from on one end of it, an atheist, and presided. Lloyd George is there. I think he is a Christian. But Jesus didn't have any seat. Nobody said, uh, let's put Jesus to the head of the table. God was forgotten. They shoved Jesus around. Now, Wilson would have been glad to give him a seat on the stage. Lord George would, I'm sure. After World War I, they fixed things again, didn't they? Yeah, they fixed it. World War II. And now nobody knows what to do, and everybody's scared to death. President the other day said that we just can't take any chances unless we have to on American cities. Bombs be You know, I don't realize that if we were right with God Almighty, there's somebody up in heaven that could throw a thunderbolt. He didn't take God into consideration. Didn't build it on principle. Policy, strategy, any kind of a political deal, anything, anything. We just forgot God. You walked out on it. Well, we got to do this, you know, to get along with everybody, you yeah. have. Sell out. You know, I'd rather die doing right. I'd rather be in a deathbed with Jesus Christ looking down, approving upon me, than be a vigorous, healthy man without God. Now, he said, they've committed two evils. I had everything they needed. They didn't have to be thirsty. I'm a fountain, Already provide them what they need. And they forsook me the fountain of living water. And they went out and said, we're going to give us a system of protection here. We'll build a system, a war system. <laughs> we did, and now what are we doing? We are trying to build shelters from atomic bombs because we can't find systems that can protect us. Man systems, man schools. More schools, they built. More divorces. More education, more juvenile criminals. More young folks have gone to jail in this country. In the last few years, never did go to jail in a similar period of American history. Now, we're some folks, we're smart people. We're fools. We call on education, said, come drink. And they said the blooming thing's broke. It don't hold on. Cracked it. But it's our system. We left God out of the schoolroom. We said we've got to go along with the age, and we left him out of a lot of religious. School. Put modernists in that teach to keep up to date. Got to keep up to date, you know. He's a great scholar. If we couldn't get a man that loves God and believes the Bible to teach at the department of this school. We just wouldn't teach that department. We can't find a born-again man to teach English, we'll skip English. We'll talk Japanese. (laughs) You don't have to speak English correctly. Some of you ought to know that. You never have. Well, it's a scientific's got to teach science. You know, I've known some fellows that got along pretty well, didn't know anything about thing about science. I don't know how to make the juice come, but I can press a button. You don't have to have electricity. It's nice. But I was raised out in Bad a Cassino, oil Awful dirty job filled it, but you usually had oil. One thing about it, juice didn't go out. Kerosene oil ten cents a gallon. You could even do it without that. They lived on with candlelight one night. Scientific age. Yeah? All right, science, save us. Look out for the atomic bomb. Get out of the way. Run for your life. You sure are smart, aren't you? Had everything we wanted, ought to want and didn't appreciate. Walk away from God, know. There's a fountain, plenty of water, all you had to do is drink. Not going to drink out of that fountain makes me feel guilty. I want to be around God's fountain because I'm a sinner and feel miserable and mean, so I want to feel comfortable. Look out for number one. God said, alright, I'll give you strength. Go dig, your go dig it, go dig it, go dig it. And we went, got it all fixed up, Hewed it out. Called the neighbors in and said, we're going to have a party. Stooped down and drink and the neighbors said, no water here. Somebody said, I wonder what's the matter with it. Somebody else said, it's broken. Man cannot build a fountain that will hold water. Listen, you can't by your wisdom build a house of civilization that won't fall. You just can't deliver the goods because you haven't the goods to deliver. You're limited. Oh, young people in Bob Jones University, listen. You don't need anybody but God Almighty. When I started this school, they told me a hundred things we needed. Needed an doubt. Needed to standardize it a certain way. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Need this, need that, need the other. One day I was driving along the road. And it suddenly occurred to me if you're going to run anything, all you need is God. You don't need anybody but God to run a Christian school. Why? My God shall supply all you need. To have God, you a good banker. Need money? He's got it. He's well to do. He's got so much gold. he Throws it away every time the sun sets. And sometimes I look at it, wish I had some of it, put up another belt. He's got so much of it. Uh When he wanted to hang the door in the morning, he he made some golden hinges. No <laughs> ordinary hinges. He swings the door of his day open on golden hinges. When well, he wanted some money he built a town, you know, and he said we got to have some pavement for the streets. He said, I'll just pay my streets with gold. You know some of these schools begging the convention, the conference, everybody, please help us. Please help us. Please help us. And they drive by here and say Wonder who helped this gang out here. (laughs) Sure must be money getters. You know what? We've got a wonderful bank. Listen. He didn't say he'd give us all we want, but he said if you will keep Bob Jones University Christian and be true to me, If you need anything, just sign a blank check and slip it through the window and I'll take care of it. Just sign it and hand it up. Listen, listen. If you have God, you'll use good common sense. If you have God, you'll have wisdom. If you have God, you'll be a good hard worker. You won't be a lazy loafer. You won't ask God to be a waiting boy. I'm disgusted with these Christians that will sit down. I'm waiting for the Lord to send it. Won't you ask the Lord to send you where it is to get it? That's a little effort, see. Much easier to have a waiting bowl. Ring the bell. I wonder why he doesn't come. I've been waiting in faith so long. Uh, please come, won't you, God? You know, I told him you're going to answer my prayer. and you Lord. Sit around and do nothing. Why don't you ask God to make you do some shoe level work? He'll give you a little something extra to have you sold in your shoes. Go out and get the money. And hustle. if you have God, you'll have good judgment. The folks a lot of folks talk about having God don't have God. You won't act a fool if you have God. Been up and down this country. I'm tired of something. Some people do the biggest fool things you ever heard of and tell me that God told them to do. Don't ever act a fool and then put it off on God. There isn't any sense in it. God, isn't it? God told me, he did. He did. Why, there's no sense in it. Listen we anyway, let's get back, let's underscore God Almighty, let's get back to God and stay true to God. And if you are, the world may not think you're getting what you need, but you will be. I've said it many a time, you know, there's only one way in America to cope with Bob Jones University. Not by putting up buildings, getting endowments only way you can compete with us is to set up a good mourners bench. Get a better mourners bench than we have and you can compete with us. As long as you've got a good mourners bench and keep that filled, you've got a very set the devil can't supply. You know, I was just so impressed here last night. I didn't tell you high school student, but I cried at that Somebody stood up here, and I was so proud of the way you did that last night of high school. I said, that's the most dignified, most grown-up high school program I ever heard. Most understanding from a religious standpoint. And they said that, so wonderful, said a student of Bob Jones University got me. You know, they ask us, what do you do if you get up against it for students? Well, I got 1,200 preacher boys here. They can't get me one a piece, they sure ain't no good. That's bad English, too, but it's good philosophy. <laughs> a good preacher boy goes out in the summertime, a good Christian girl. Well, you know, that Pete's taking a whole page out, of Why, young people, you were it. You you are taught here that God's first. You are taught never to shove him around for anybody, anything. If you live up to your teaching, you've got the greatest asset on this earth. This isn't a wild, dreamy, meaningless something. This is good common sense. Any man's a fool to walk out on God to take care of himself. My people have committed to it went away from me when I had the thing all ready for them. So when they were thirsty, they could drink. And went out to dig their own systems and they won't hold water. God helped us to be faithful.